Do 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 do. Get your s'mores. All toasty and s'morey. Do 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 do. So welcome to S'more Adventures. On tonight's episode, we have a special guest from Encounter Terrain. Here is Joe. Hi, Joe. Hi, how are you doing? Doing good. How's good. it going? <laughs> so, uh, Joe, tell us a little bit about yourself. Okay. Uh, I, my, well, my name is Joe. Um, I'm in my early 30s. Uh, I am from Australia, but I live in the United Kingdom. Uh, I've lived in London for just over nine years now. I've got a wife and a four-year-old, almost five-year-old, and another one on the way in December. And I really love tabletop gaming and building things that go along with tabletop gaming, specifically, not exclusively, but specifically fantasy-orientated stuff, um, and all that goes with that. And I love it. And it, it's, a, it's, a, it's a great hobby of mine. Um, I want to share all of my ideas with the world so that they can copy them if they want. I guess that's the whole purpose of putting something on the internet. And... Um, yeah, that's about it. I work as a full-time carpenter. Um, I work for myself. Uh, I have, uh, I don't know, 15 years. And that's a, a pretty basic rundown of me, I think. How, how much do you think the carpentry like plays into that? Because we, we saw your Instagram and it just stood out how like basically just how good everything was. <laughs> like, wow. Uh, all right. Yeah, cool. Thanks. Um, well, carpentry pay, plays a, a big role in, in the stuff that I make because... Um, I, I, I started doing this a long time ago because um, my dad owns a company and still to this day operates a woodwork school for children. Um, so that's basically, like, I grew up basically with that. Uh, and so we're always making miniature houses and boats and all this sort of whatever. And then when I was about 12 or, or so, I somehow acquired a box of Space Marines um, which, mind you, is uh, I know this people that are listening to this won't be able to see this, but this is that exact box of Space Marines. Oh, cool! Oh, cool. Yeah, uh, my mum brought that over from Australia for me when they were clearing stuff out, so that that's pretty cool. Um, and I built a watchtower for them, and that was basically where it began. It wasn't big; it was only I don't know thirty centimeters or so tall. But that was the first thing that I ever did. And then there was a big long hiatus, and then uh, probably about seven or eight years ago, I got back into building stuff for gaming. Did you get into tabletop first and then you like just had like these like images in your mind of what you wanted the train to be and just kind of made it so? Um, oh, that, that's a good question. Well, I, I started playing Dungeons and Dragons about six years ago. I'd always played like the Wizards of the Coast computer games and that sort of thing. Uh, like I played a lot of Neverwinter Nights and Elder Scrolls and all that sort of stuff, which was all Dungeons and Dragons stuff. So I was I was familiar with like the pres like the premise and the and the Forgotten Realms and all that sort of stuff. Um, but I started playing D and D, and I'd never even thought about making stuff to go on the table. Like it, it just never occurred to me. Um, and then about six or seven months into our in, into my very first campaign. Um, which I was just a part of. I wasn't. I wasn't running it. I found online. Um, I stumbled across DM Scotty, and he makes like tons of little, like everything for your for your games. Uh, like how to make literally everything. And I, and I worked out how to make a tree and how to make a table. And uh, I was like, okay, that's cool. So I made a bunch of those little things and gave them to the guy that was running our game, and that was a bit of fun. Um, but not until like not really until I started running my own games uh, did I really get into making things because uh, his game was very 
spoken about, uh, and that, that was about it. There wasn't any terrain or, or anything of that. So then when I started running my ones and I was like, okay, well, we've got the miniatures. That I don't want to put them on a mat. Let's just put them on a big board. And I just had this big offcut of foam uh, from work, uh, from building, like literally from building a house. Um, and it was just this big thing. I was like, okay, this is foam. That's what they use. Boom. Let's start to do some stuff. And, uh, and yeah, I just basically started building things in a miniature version of how I'd do it at work. So all of the wood that I use on the, on the builds is wood. Um, I take big two by fours from the hardware store and I literally put it on my table saw and I chop up thousands of tiny little bits of scale wood. None of it's correct scale. It's all just to eye. Um, I, I aim 100% for playability uh, over anything else. I, I, I don't really mind what it looks like. I just want people to be able to put their miniatures on it and have it work. And the fact that it turns out looking half okay is is fantastic. Uh, <laughs> you know, that, that's just a bonus. Um, yeah, but that's why there's a lot of woodwork on there. Uh, it, it's all wood. All the wood is wood. Uh, it's all colored with wood stains and, and glued together with wood glues and tied and stuff. I don't really make much like stuff out of foam like a lot of other crafters do. Um, I've got no issue with that. It's just that the foam that I use, it's, it's fire retardant housing insulation. So it's really dense, hard stuff. So you can't hot wire it into like thin little bit. You can't hot wire it at all, mind you. You know, you can like flamethrower it and it's not going to do anything. <laughs> like it just stays put. Yeah. Um, you would expect to be the case with flame retardant. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like I, 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 had to, I had to really look into this stuff because a few people wanted to buy some of it off me. Like not not much, but um, just like you can't get it in many countries just because uh, it needs to be cold enough in order to actually have this. Um, like you can't get it in Australia and you can't get it in half of America just because it, it's, it's, it's too warm. But yeah, it's 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 great to use, and all the all the woodwork stuff works on it. Um, and you can just poke it in and super glue it in, and and it just sticks and stays instantly. And you can pour resin straight onto it, and it, it's it's awesome. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. That's really cool. Right now, uh, we've made two or three models for our uh, campaign. Yeah, and that we've been running. Well, we've a couple of them now, and it was it started the same way as you. Where um, usually I, I'm um, the DM for it. Yep. And I always have like this really vivid picture in my mind and I always like leave out key details and my players like don't know that like there was a boulder there in my mind, but I forgot to say it. So like, it just helps <laughs> so much having, especially for like the really like set piece encounters. Yeah. But we're mostly just working with cardboard and pipe cleaners over here. <laughs> yeah. well, that, that, that works. You know, that works. Like, um, you know, there's uh, people, Oh, what's his name? Um, Oh, it's going to kill me. Lucas, uh, Bard's craft. You know, he, he has a whole series on YouTube on how to make stuff purely out of cardboard. And it's badass. Like, it looks so good. You know, like, Alpha, the first terrain that I used was, like, um, it was literally just, like, little popsicle table sticks. And then we had a few other little bits of offcuts of stuff that we just threw on the ground. And we used um, Kinder Surprise toys as, uh, as like, enemies. And like, it makes no difference. Like, as long as you've got some form of representation of something, like, like a lot of my friends just use bottle caps and they just write on top of them what it is. Because you can buy a pack of, like, you know, 5,000 bottle caps for, you know, a couple of bucks and um, literally horde of goblins in, in you know, 50 cents. <laughs> and it's easy. And it doesn't really matter. It's just, uh, like, I, I keep telling, like, a lot of people ask me online, like, how can I make it look better? And how can I do this? And how can I do that? And I'm just like, well, I don't know. Like, does it work? 
Mm-hmm. Can you put things on it and play it? And if so, then that that's it's good. It, it's done. Um, anything else? Like I don't aim for realistic. The fact that some of my stuff looks a little bit realistic is completely coincidental. Um, <laughs> you know, it's just based on product, like the products that I use more than anything. It's just like they're nice yeah. to use products. Um, you wood to represent wood probably helps a lot. Too. A lot, yeah. <laughs> yeah, wood to represent wood, and like a lot of my things are, are big, but they're simple. You know, like there's there's not too much happening. Some of the ones where there's like woodwork going the whole way up crazy towers and stuff, those are exceptions. But for a lot of them, it's just like a big flat surface with a few little bits and pieces here and there. And it's enough to look at and it's enough to make it look full when there's not really that much there. Because um, players can look at it and they go, okay, there's a lift there, which has a winch thing that's this big. And then there's something there and then we can somehow get up over there. And that's yeah. what they've got to work with. Um, mm-hmm. And like having an option of three things in a game is 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 plenty options for for players. You know, if you give them ten, they're going to sit there for an hour deciphering them. If you give them three, even three is too much. You know, usually I give them two, but um, and then they work out a third crazy one themselves. Um, but like if you give them too many options, it's it just takes forever on the same thing. And, and people love playing long games and and deciphering, but everyone likes to move along to the next pass. You know, it's like. Get there, get there quick. (laughs) (laughs) I I think, yeah, that's key. Uh, Really, if you're only going to be in an area for like a little bit, don't go all out with the terrain. Like the first one I made was at uh, the very climax of Tomb of Annihilation. So I won't describe it in too much detail for spoilers, but that's a long encounter. And it was having that model there was like super key. Because it had a lot going on. There's different heights to things. There's different enemies. And the enemies have like long tentacle grabby arms. Mm-hmm. And there's a portal and the portal's being guarded. So like there's a lot to do. And to keep that all in your mind is like impossible. Yeah. Yeah. Terrain is making things a lot easier for a lot of people at the moment. Um, but also just just like how easily accessible it is now. Um it's there's so many people out there showing people how to make stuff you know like if if people choose to go like the dungeon tile route um that's not my that's not my preference but uh, if people choose to take the dungeon tile route there is so many options there if people choose to take the the big board route like i've taken there's so many options there mm-hmm. and there is so many people out there showing you how to do it and how to do it for cheap um you know and how to make it look good with like household stuff um you know you don't need like big expensive things you know to make stuff look nice uh, some of my biggest boards may have, have cost like you know a tenner because the majority of it comes out of the bin of a rubbish of like a work site uh <laughs> you know, it's um we'll quickly show you one we got up here i'll post a picture of it but you can see our little castle <laughs> oh yeah awesome look at this yeah, that's um, cardboard tubes we found in the trash can and a shoebox. Yeah, with awesome. cotton balls. <laughs> awesome. Is it, is it is it floating? Yes. Is that a floating it's a castle? castle. Yeah. It's a, yeah, it's in the. Yeah, so look at that, like like five cents worth of cotton wool, and you can tell that the thing is floating. Like that's how awesome this stuff is, and that and you don't need to describe that to your players. You know, they just they look at it and they go, okay, these are clouds. This thing's in the sky. What else yeah. do you need to know about it? It's a castle. It's grey. It's it's got these three things here. Like, what else do you need to know? Yeah, it's it's tiered and uh, yes. it's got some towers to explore. <laughs> like, 
Yeah, and, and the thing is, like, that's that's about ten different details um, that you would normally have to keep in your mind. So you could, like, your players could completely forget about a tower being there, and you have to like constantly remind them. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Or, or they may just not ask things. You know, you could get to the end and go, oh, oh shit, yeah. Oh, sorry. Um, you know, like, oh, oops, there, there was a tower there. Um, yeah. No one asked, and I forgot to say, but you're at the foot of it now. Um, <laughs> uh, and they're like, oh, and okay, it started. So roll initiative. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Details like that get always get missed, but if you can see it, you can really navigate through it, and also it helps bring things from two D to three D. Mm. So seeing like a window. You have options if you can't, don't want to use the window or it's too high. You can have a different alternative route to get into where you need to get in. Yeah. So your character can be like agile, more agile. So that's kind of cool. It really brings the scenario to life. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, and also like people's imaginations are huge, uh, and it, it just narrows it just a little bit, you know, because it's, yeah. because like you can see you can see exactly what's there. So you don't need to ask, is this thing here or is that thing there? Or what's in this particular direction? Because like the level of detail is basically dependent on whoever makes it. And then whatever is there is what they want you to look at. You know, so it's like, if there's nothing there, but there's like a chest in the corner, you're like, okay, they're going to go to that. Um, you know, or if there's a staircase leading down to something that's glowing and there's not much else, it's like they're gonna go there. Um, yeah. You know, you can put a few things in the in the way so that they have to like you know make their way there somehow, not too easily, but they're gonna go there. You know, some of like the real like hardcore old school games would be like, no, but that's silly. It takes out all of the you know questions and this and that and the other. But whatever, it's it's good fun. You know, like the <laughs> the, the the like no discredit to them. Um, it's just like. In the Dungeon Master Guide, it specifically says, make the game work for you. You know, yeah. like, this yeah, is yeah, the yeah. way that works for us. Um, if another way works for you, then go do that. It's like, I'm not telling people to do it my way. And it's like, just go do whichever work. Like, it's just, it's a game going fun. <laughs> yeah. like, What's in your, uh, like, what would you consider like an incent, like the essential tools that you need? Because we're just working with uh, scissors and uh, hot glue guns. <laughs> cool. Well, I have a few different essentials for the stuff that I make. Um, I, I tend to make a lot of very different stuff to what tends to be on YouTube and, and those sort of things. Um, just because I, I don't watch much of that. Uh, so I don't really know what they make. Um, and I just try to do my own thing. But um, what, like pipe cleaners are a huge one because I make all of my trees out of like all of the, I, I don't know if you'll be able to, like all of these things. I so cool. can't even tell yeah. that's like pipe cleaners. Like how bizarre is that? Yeah, like all of my, like all of that is made out of pipe cleaners. Um, yeah. all, all of my flocking and bits and pieces, I, I make myself just from sawdust and, and stuff from work um, with the exception of like static grass. So my, my go-to things would be pipe cleaners Static grass, you don't need a static grass applicator. I, I literally just put mine through a sieve um, and I'll just shake it over the top and it, it's, I don't know, it, it, it's fine. Um, <laughs> so do you use a lot of like resins and glues? Yeah. Like, Yeah, I, I use a lot of resins. I, I, do, I do quite a lot of different stuff with, with like I, I really like, I, I like trees. I like mm -hmm. bare landscapes and I like water effects um those are my sort of like my three go-to's um 
And so I use a lot of resin. Uh, I, I did a board for a game store just the other week, um, which is currently sitting in their window up in North London, uh, which I dubbed the Lagoon board. Um, it's 1.8 meters wide by almost a meter deep. It's a big long rectangle because it was made for their window. And the, the resin lagoon on it would be, it, it used two liters of resin and the resin was only like half a centimeter thick. Uh, so it was, it was a big, big, big pour. I really enjoy resin. I like making like waterfalls and, and crazy, uh, I don't know, it's just here. Um, and big sort of like water spiral things like Oh, this. that's so neat. Um, spiral of water. That's a water spout? Yeah, it's a big water spout. It's meant to be a spell. Um, and so I make a lot of that sort of stuff and, you know, like big tidal waves and, yeah, the, yeah I, I like this sort of thing. All the photos of these, if you want to stick photos or, or whatever, I, th I think I heard you mention that before, all, of, all the photos of these are on my Instagram. You're welcome to pick and... Yeah, um, yeah everyone listening, don't worry, we'll, we'll get some pictures, so <laughs> it's not yeah, all... Yeah, you're more than welcome to pick and grab different photos from that if you want. Yeah, otherwise, yeah, big, big, like, rivers and lakes and um, I do a lot of coloured resin. So, because I don't want any of my builds to look realistic. Uh, I don't want them to look like I'm aiming for realistic either. So my rivers will be like pink or, you know, red or, or bright blue or something. I, I don't like to make them look too natural because I wanted to fit in with, with games um, because whatever I make, my games go there. I, I, I don't build for the game. Um, I build and then whatever I build that I like, my game gets put into that thing and that's what turns up. Um, Players will always find what I make, essentially. <laughs> no matter where they go, that, they'll always find that, it. <laughs> that's like the, the dungeon master secret. Just like, yeah, there's three doors he can go through, but there's only one answer on the other side. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, they all lead to the same room. It's uh, yeah, it's, it's great. That illusion of choice. Um, <laughs> you know, that, uh, oh, you went into the desert. You, you found the giant magical tree without any limbs. It's like, oh, you went into the forest. You found the giant magical tree with all the limbs. It's like, oh, you're under the ocean. You found the domicile with that giant tree you've been looking for. You found the floating magical tree. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, it's it's wherever you need it to go, and and that way the players really feel like they've you know they they're on the right path. You know they've made all the correct decisions to get to there. So it's uh, it's it's awesome. Yeah, we can't all be Matt Mercer who has like three unique choices with his dwarven crafts like yeah. 10 by 10 meter <laughs> yeah, he's, yeah he's got a he's got a big setup that 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 lad doesn't he he's got a very big setup yeah super intricate now as if you watch the first episode of critical role he's just got a sheet of paper with some mm -hmm. scribblings on it and now to see him with like these massive table sized uh, miniatures it's quite cool yeah they, they've come a long way those guys i've, I've uh, i can't say i've actually watched any full episodes of critical role um I've, I've seen quite a few highlights and stuff and it, it looks like good fun, but I, I just can't find the time to, to like, so, so I was, one of my friends said that they were like this far in. And then the next time I spoke to them, they said they were this far in. And I was like, dude, that's like 40 hours worth of it. He's like, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I was like, what was it? Where, how? Um, I, I don't understand how, but. Um, I've watched again, it a, yeah. a lot, but that's mostly COVID's fault. <laughs> yeah, well, COVID was a was a big help in this. Uh, in, in a lot of people watching that, uh, it was fantastic for them. I, I unfortunately could not work from home and, and was uh, was essential, and I worked the entire way through. I haven't stopped um, over the past two years, which has been a lucky burden because I wish that I could have furloughed and uh, and 
do and did that, but uh, the burden of being self-employed. You got any like highlights? Something like you're like a couple things you're like super proud of that turned out like way better than you thought. Um, I would say the monthly ten by ten competition that I run on Instagram. That started as a for anyone that doesn't know what that is. I, I run a monthly crafting competition that goes for two weeks. Um, it starts on the second Monday of every month and it has on average about 75 to 85 people that participate every month during COVID. It shot up to about 150 or so, um, on average, that was, those, those were big. And basically everyone gets put in groups on Instagram, uh, groups of about 30 at a time. And every month there is a theme on the day that it starts, I give out the mystery object that their first work in progress photo must be taken with to ensure that they didn't start early. Um, and then everyone's got two weeks to build and the groups are just magic. It's you've got 30 people in there that didn't know all of these other 30 crafter people existed. Um, and there's usually anywhere between three and five groups going at a time, only because Instagram limits you to like 32 people per group. That's, that's the only reason why they're that size. And then at the end of the month, everyone's had a like made their little crafting family and, and they love them all and they've all fell in love with all of their new crafty friends. Um, and then I'll do a three-hour live stream where I go through every single entry talking about all the cool things that I like about them. There's a panel of six judges each month, uh, two of which are the same regular ones every month. The other four are just interchangeable, not interchangeable, they, they are... I guess they are interchangeable, but they're, they're just guest judges, basically. But they're all fantastic people, um, all all within the hobby. Uh, they pick winners, and uh, winners get sent out a miniature version of me. Um, because yes. I actually have a, uh, I have a mini. Uh, where is it? It was, <laughs> That's really cool. Yeah, awesome. I, I do yeah. have one. It was it was it was uh, a very expensive little thing to commission, but uh, very well worth it. I, I love it. Um, is that 3D I'm, printed. Or? No, it was hand sculpted and um, wow. and pulled, yeah. And uh, he still makes them for me. I've got another forty on order at the moment. Um, his uh, bear's head miniatures. He's just over in Wales. Um, he makes them and sends them to me, which is awesome. Yeah, the, the that competition has just grown into this uh, entity that runs itself now. It's amazing. I've had in total, I think, over a thousand submissions from people over. The, it's been going for about a year and a half. Um, monthly from it's been going monthly since uh october 2019 and it, it's just been awesome just uh, i've gotten to know so many great crafting people from all over the world and they all just sit there and chat nonsense and share skills and tips and reviews on stuff and movies and dogs and all sorts of whatever you know it's um and then they all fall in love with each other and at the end of the month i delete all the groups and then we start again the month after um <laughs> Yeah, and then, and then there's there's basically about eighty or about sixty people that have called themselves lifers, and they basically just want to get put in the next group every single month. They don't even want to ask. And um, yes, and there's usually about twenty odd new people that join each month, and a couple that leave from the month before, and and everyone gets put in different groups. Mm -hmm. um, and then there's a lot of people that have been doing this now for over a year, year and a half, every month, you know, so they know a lot of the people in there and uh, it's like, oh, I'm with you this month. Awesome. Cool. Like, let's do it. And uh, yeah, it's, it's been great fun. And, uh, yeah. and this month's one started uh, about an hour ago. An hour ago. Oh, wow. wow. Okay. <laughs> so it's super fresh. Yeah. It, it, yeah. It's just begun. 
all, all the rules and uh, guidelines and and Hall of Fame winners and all that sort of stuff from all the previous uh, years, they're all on EncounterTerrain.com. Um, there's a little menu at the top. You can just scroll through. You can see all of this month's, um, or all of June's submissions. They're still up there. Uh, June's theme was uh, accessibility. Uh, so that was great. There was a whole bunch of like caves with, uh, you know, warnings in Braille and uh, armories with wheelchair ramps. And it was, it was fantastic. That do, you, do, like you got, do you have like a discord or something for like the group of people that keep, because you mentioned that the Instagram groups get deleted every month. <laughs> yeah. Basically what I do is uh, at the, every, at the end of every month, um, I give people the chance to turtle, uh, which is essentially just the term that I've dubbed. They just put two turtle emojis next to their name in the chat um and then when i've made the new groups for the for the like for the month starting now i'll basically go to the old groups and just scroll through quickly and find all the double turtles and everyone that's double turtle i basically put in a new group before deleting the old ones but, but there is a discord as well yeah and there's a whole bunch of i think there's about 250 people that are just sitting in the discord um and then there's new discord groups that just pop up and and that sort of thing uh there's an account called the DM's Quest, uh, run by Bibi over in Canada, and uh, she runs my Discord, and uh, she is the queen of that. So she she does all that from over there. Winnipeg is that a place? Yes, that's a place. That's a place. <laughs> that's a very yeah. cold mosquitoey place, but it's a place. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, that sounds about right. So, what's your um, dream build? My dream build is hopefully coming up very soon. Um, I the 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 store that I built their window display for, um, we were just having a little play around joke conversation. Um, so I build a lot of vertical boards. Um, like my go-to is vertical. I love building vertical, uh, walls and towers basically. Um, and, uh, they like, we were just joking around and they're like, I was like, look, do you have anywhere else where I could build anything here? And they're like, Oh yeah, well, we've got two rooms upstairs. I was like, oh, okay, what are they used for? And they're, they're basically just rooms that people can hire out for private gameplay. Um, and they're just empty white rooms, essentially. Um, so I went in there and we had a look and they're each three and a half meters deep, uh, these rooms. So I've got one wall along each side, which is three and a half meters long um, with nothing on it, just big blank wall. And I was like, okay, well, how about I turn this entire wall into a playable, you know, vertical like gameplay? Um uh, you know, sort of like like this dungeon or something, right? Yeah, well, I make a lot of these sort of cliff oh. sort of things, you know, where they have to basically go and traverse their way up. And uh, I was like, well, how about we, how about we do that, something like that? And you know, it's it's going to be, oh, you know, here's, here's the sketch. I'm not sure if you're going to be able to see it on there because it's still in pencil form. No, you're not going to. I see it. It, look, it looks Slightly. like a. Oh yeah, and now I see it. Oh yeah. Yeah, so it's sort of like a giant wall that sort of sits at you, and it's got a whole bunch of platforms and bits and pieces that. Uh, you know, they come out and platforms you can walk on and bridges and ropes and trees and giant waterfalls that come down. And uh, so, yeah, this one's essentially going to be three and a half meters wide by just under two meters tall. Um, and it's going to have a big whole sky section and then a big mountaintop section, a giant cliff face section, and then ground. Ground's going to be at about waist height. <clears throat> and then it's going to go down into hell, um, essentially underneath. Um, and the whole thing will be playable from, uh, from top to bottom. Oh, wow. That's awesome. So almost like, uh, what is it? The Michelangelo thing where you start in like hell and you get all the way up to heaven at the top of the dome, but like on a vertical wall. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. That's a cool idea. That's a really cool <laughs> Ambitious. Idea. How long do you think that's going to take to build? 
Um, my best guess would probably be um, if I could get it done in under a month, I would be very surprised. But then again, if they're, they're at, at the moment they're going to be they're, they're putting together a crowdfunder um, to actually fund this project because it's uh, it's a very ambitious build and it is going to be the biggest playable game permanent installation board. I believe on the planet um, at, at this point um, in, in this sort of style. Anyway, you know, there's like chess boards that are like kilometers wide. Um, but um, yeah, so they're putting together a crowdfunder to fund this because it's going to be a, a fairly expensive project to get done with all the materials and resins and time that's going to take to do it. Um, but hopefully if, 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 like if they can get it all together and I'm able to do it sort of full time for about a month, then I reckon I could probably get it in, in about a month, maybe a month and a half. Um, it would be very, cause I, there'd be a lot of twisting of trees and yeah. gluing on tiny little bits that just take forever. Um, a lot of people find that sort of stuff like a therapeutic process. I, I really don't. Um, <laughs> I just find it tedious and, and it drives me insane. And unless I've got some good music going, it's a, it's a, it's a very long process. <laughs> yeah. Is there, do you, you have like a, a story line or a quest in mind to take the players through it? Or do you, are you going to leave it like open for like DMs to kind of like just look at your board and be inspired by it and come up with like their own? Yeah, that. Um, my boards are very, very open-ended. Um, there's usually very little on there that actually dictates any form of story. Um, I make very little structures. Um, I make no buildings. Like I just don't make buildings. All of the stuff that I make is all nature. So it's all ponds and rivers and trees and cliffs and, and then things that sort of accompany. I do a lot of paths. Um, I pretty much do what I do for work, essentially. Like I, for work, I do a lot of decks and pergolas and, and outdoor woodwork, fencing and that sort of thing. Um, and that's essentially what I do on this. I make little miniature decks and platforms and rails and staircases and, and ladders and, um, you know, and, and I have a lot of chains. I, I don't use much rope um, just because I don't like the way that string, string doesn't really hang. Uh, string just sort of like sits there. Um, and I don't have to weight anything down. So if I'm doing like hand railings, um, I'm going to use little chain, which is usually off old handbags or jewelry and stuff gotten from the charity shop. Um, charity shops are gold mines for, for this sort of stuff, especially some of those like handbags from the, the, the late sixties that are just covered in chain. Um, you know, like tiny little chain. I, I found one handbag and I've been going off that same handbag for like almost a year and a half. Um, <laughs> that's a really cool idea i never even thought about checking uh i guess over here we call them thrift stores yeah <laughs> yeah well, back home we call them op shops um i had to adjust a charity shop uh or charity store because uh op, op shop is essentially short for opportunity shop um as i know <laughs> in australia the opportunity shop we can go and grab a great opportunity um <laughs> or just the op shop so uh yeah they're, they're absolute gold mines absolute gold mines you know for gems as well you know like for piles of loot and stuff like earrings yeah. and rings and um and pound land and and like pound land is fantastic or the dollar store or whatever you call it there like those are so good uh, just for like garbage little stuff that you know they're just getting rid of for nothing and you can just make a giant pile of loot like, this is awesome mm -hmm. yeah 
Yeah, that's a great tip. I never even thought about that. We're definitely going to be rating the, the thrift stores yeah. probably tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, well, because the thing is, like, I want people to make playable to like, I'm, I'm really more about encouraging other people to build stuff, which is why this, why the competition started. I use the term competition very loosely. There are winners, um, um, but essentially it's just like a big community building thing. So everyone can just go and, like, meet other people. But the best part about that is getting everyone because like I, I run the whole thing for free um, because people mostly don't have money to put towards the hobbies um, or if they do not much. Um, so if we can do it like on the absolute cheap, uh, you know, it, all the better, you know, you don't need to go buy scale chain. You know, scale chain is expensive. You just go and buy an old handbag or an old necklace or whatever from a charity shop, which is going to cost you like four cents. And, um, you know, then you've got like all this super amount of chain, you know, like one little chain can be like 40 centimeters long. You know, and if you're doing a little handrail and stuff and you're just chopping off like this much of it, um, you know, it's fantastic for that sort of stuff. But doing everything cheap is the best. Um, you know, the, I think the most, the, the, the shops that are, the builds that I do for shops um they're they're the only commission work that i will take on just because i use a lot of expensive materials and i use a much more expensive stuff because they pay for it um when i'm which is why i don't take on domestic commissions at all because people want that sort of stuff but they don't have the money to spend on it um and then they get frustrated by hearing a no um so i just don't take on small commissions at all uh, or any any non-commercial commission basically and so when i first started crafting I didn't watch any like how to build videos, but I watched a lot of Luke's APS um, or is he now a uh, geek gaming scenics. And he was just, he was just a, the best on YouTube for showing you how to make your own washers, how to make your own flock, how to make your own this and that and the other, and just how to make everything for like next to nothing from stuff that you'd get from the big box hardware store, um, which works great for me because I had most of it already from, from work and I didn't even realize. Um, so yeah, it was. It's great to be able to do it cheap, so that everyone can do it if they want. <laughs> yeah, cheap is key for us. <laughs> COVID has not been kind, which is why Dungeons and Dragons was such a great hobby, especially yeah. homebrewing. Yes, Ooh. that can be almost like a free three-hour activity every week. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and, and and yeah, you can do it from home. You can do it wherever. It it, it costs next to nothing. It's uh, it's fantastic, and especially like. You know, for all of these nerds like COVID, we, we've been training for this our whole lives. You know, it's like, oh, you have to stay home tonight. Okay, all right, that's fine. We have to stay home for the next six weeks. All right, cool. All of my stuff is here, and I don't like people anyway, so this is going to be easy. Um, yes, yeah, you know, your house party. It's <laughs> like, okay, so what, what's the difference? You know, you, you speak to some people, and they're like, have, have you been self-isolating from COVID for the past year? And they go, what's COVID? You know, they've literally just been sitting in their house anyway. Um, <laughs> you know, never leave their computer. Um, I'm sure there aren't people like that. That's obviously an exaggeration, but, uh, you know. <laughs> You're right, yeah. I think uh, it's probably as popular as it's ever been, like even more than in like the 80s, mm -hmm. what it was like. Super yeah, popular. it is It is more popular now than it has ever been before. Um, it's it's like the first years that they've ever published the books in I think Polish and in Italian and uh, they've started printing like all the books in different languages um, based on I'm not sure exactly which ones but based on you know country demand um, 
there was obviously enough from specific countries that they have literally started printing the books in those in those languages which is awesome because it's just opened up a whole new realm of uh you know dungeons and dragons possibilities to everybody mm-hmm. yeah that's it's really cool to see because i always thought i thought, always saw it as like so nerdy that i'd never be able to find a group of people to play together with mm-hmm. yeah. i was always curious about trying and then i found out that everybody i knew had the exact same idea we all actually wanted to try it <laughs> And yeah. Was, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's usually exactly how it goes. Like I was sitting on the couch with my wife, and I was like, "We we were watching. Like, this was years ago because um, we used to have the TV connected you know, back before Netflix when the antenna was something." Um, and we were watching the IT crowd. I think it was the IT crowd, and they played Dungeons and Dragons on there, um, or um, or Big Bang Theory. I think it was that, and and they were playing like one of the Dungeons and Dragons episodes on that. And I was like, look, I've been playing these computer games for long enough. I want to give this a try. Do you know anyone here? Because you know, I, I hadn't, like, I didn't know that many people here at, at that point in time when I was fresh to the country. Um, and she's like, yeah, one of my friends, I think, probably knows someone. Um, so she asked him, and it turned out that like five minutes down the road from us, one of his friends was going to be starting a game the week after and was like, we could join. <clears throat> and we said, wow. okay, fantastic. So we all turned up and there ended up being 13 people at this session zero. <laughs> um, and uh, I I didn't think anything of it. You know, like Declan, the guy running it, looked as if he'd seen a ghost and was like, this is going to be, all right, whatever, let's do this. Um, which is how I met Declan, who's been a long-time friend of mine. And after about three sessions, it had weaseled down to about six people. Um, Way more magical. <laughs> yeah, and, and that was really cool. And then that, that campaign ended up going on for about nine months. Um, my wife was in that campaign with me, which was awesome. Um, she hasn't played since, but uh, she dropped out of that campaign eventually just because she got too pregnant to play, which is a very good reason. Yes, and, and we've been playing ever since, um, which has been great. Uh, I sort of started running a group, which was almost that group. After that campaign ended, I started running one for almost all of the people that were in there, including, actually, it was all the people that were there, including the Dungeon Master. Where they were all playing, and then, and then one or two others um, that I'd met, and then that eventually turned down into four people, and that game's been going on for about five years now. Um, wow. Which is, like, we play very infrequently. Like, mind you, we play every sort of two to three months if we're lucky. Um, at the moment, we haven't played in a year and a half uh, just because of all the crap going on. Um, but yeah, it turns out like all of them, like, we're like, where are we going to find people that do this? And then they're everywhere. They're absolutely everywhere. And um, yeah. you know, half the people I work for, they'll, I'll, they'll be like, oh, yeah, yeah, this and this and the other, and I'll mention Dungeons and Dragons or something. They're like, oh, yeah, 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 I used to play Dungeons and Dragons, or, or, or this guy, like, two houses down, his son makes all of those little miniature things, and he's like, all right, it's, just, it's, it's like a plague everywhere. It's awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's been super cool to see everyone come out of, like, their hiding place <laughs> to join <laughs> yeah. in on this. Yeah, really. And and the fact now that like I that whole sort of uh, that movement where the whole sort of like geek thing became cool, that, that sort of annoyed me a little bit. Um, but it died out very quickly. And then there were a lot of people that stuck with it, um, which was cool because they're all the people that were like, you know what, now it may be like a bit of an annoying fad, but this is actually my way 
into you know letting loose with this stuff because it's cool for a very short period of time hey i'm with the cool stuff and then the cool people move on to the next thing that's cool and all the other people are like yeah i've still got dnd this is awesome let's go play um, yeah yes yes yeah, yeah, yeah running a campaign is definitely not a, a sad thing unless you're doing like a one shot like yeah <laughs> Yeah, and this is the thing. It's like, you know, if people have fun doing a one-shot and never play again, it's like, you know, so be it. It's like, good on them. If they had fun, then excellent. If they didn't have fun, then, all right, it wasn't for you. Like, it doesn't matter. Um, <laughs> but it's but it's just amazing how accessible it is nowadays. It's like, it's everywhere. Uh, yes. It's, it's mental, absolutely mental. And with a movie coming out again, so, you know, soon, it's it's going to be... Uh, a Hindi movie? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. There's a Dungeons and Dragons movie coming out. Um, yeah. There's a there's a proper one because earlier on our podcast, we, or me and a few friends, we went back and we watched the one from the year like 2000. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and it, it, it's fantastical. It's absolutely fantastical and magical. <laughs> Everything about it is perfect. Uh, the fact that they're that they're making another one and not trying to remake that one is the best part about it. Yes, uh, it's making it like. It was impressive that they made it at the time. Like uh, there, there was a the cool story. Like the director spent like ten years of his life, like getting the rights and acquiring the funding to make the movie. And the movie wasn't great, but it was it was still interesting. So I'm I'm glad that he was able to do it. <laughs> yeah, I I really like all that old Dungeons and Dragons stuff. Like I've 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 painted up this guy today. Uh, well, last night, mind you, I painted up this guy. He is now going to run my campaigns. This is oh, wow. uh, this is the Dungeon Master from from the Dungeons and Dragons cartoon series. Um, he just sort of like, yeah, th th this was the Dungeon Master from the original TV series, uh, from the cartoon series, um, which is fantastic. There, there's like seven or eight or nine or ten seasons of that. I can't even know how many. This they are so, they are so good that like I I would watch them today. I may watch them later. They are fantastic. Um, <laughs> And what I love about like that series is Dungeon Master just sort of like, besides being the most powerful thing like there, um, he just sort of pops in and out of existence at random points in time. And whenever he's not there, all the adventurers can't, um, they, they, they can't ask him anything. You know, they can't ask him anything about the quest that they're on. They, they just need to talk amongst themselves and make decisions and go and do things. Um, they can't be like, oh, one sec, what time of day is it? Uh, what date is it? Uh, where are we? What, what was over there? What is over there? And Because if he's not there, they can't ask him. And so I'm going to start to use this little guy in my games. And if he is not there, they can't ask me anything. Um, which That's is going to be I think, a really strange concept because he basically turns up at the start of the show um and gives them their little quest or whatever after they've done something and run into a horde of something or other defeated and like oh yes well you need to go to that land of the village and do this and save this person because they will probably know something and then he disappears and then that's it and they have to go work out the whole rest of the way until they come across a point where they're feeling defeated and then he pops up and gives them something incredibly cryptic and then buggers off <laughs> and then only comes back after they've successfully done whatever it is that he that they've worked out that he meant. Yeah. Um, and I th and that sounds like a really awesome concept to try. I'm going to try it. Um, and if it works, I'm going to keep it. Um, I, I obviously won't like be a non-existent silent DM that's not that's not there. Um, I'll still do yeah. all the regular stuff. But if there's any like general stuff to do with the with whatever it is that they're doing. 
that will be seriously limited. They'll they'll have to do a lot more working things out amongst themselves and and trying to just like make decisions, take more risks, which is something I think it takes like players a few, like not even a few sessions, like a little bit, and to to get used to the idea that it's okay for your character to like fail. Yeah, just try something and just fail at it because that yeah. ends up being as fun as succeeding, which is like a strange concept to like wrap your mind around. Exactly. And sometimes you can fail and succeed at the same time. It, it's like in my first campaign, I, I, I was, uh, I was a gnome, um, a gnome druid and I was at the top of a set of stairs and an ogre was chasing me and I rolled to do some crazy maneuver thing. And instead I slipped and got covered in like lamp oil um, and then tumbled down the stairs. And it just so happened that I tumbled between the ogre's feet. He got covered in lamp oil as well, but the lamp got stuck on him and he went up in flames and I just like sort of slid by. Um, <laughs> you know, and, and that was like, that was a really fun thing because it was like, okay, I failed that role. I almost killed myself, but the thing that was definitely going to kill me is now somehow in flames and running away. Yeah, and then you make a performance check to see if you can convince people you did it on purpose. Exactly, exactly, yeah. <laughs> That's awesome, man. Yeah, it's like, get up and wink at them. It's like, hey, see that? <laughs> yeah, nailed it. <laughs> I did that on purpose. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and there's a, there's a lot of great things that can happen in games like that where you, when you don't even think about it, like, you know, where, you, where you're not even rolling a fail, but you just do something that is a, like a little mind slip because you're like – Early in, in the games, like early playing that character, um, I think it was earlier that session, mind you, that was relatively early into the game, um, I decided that I was in danger or whatever with all of these ogres around, and um, I sprinted out of there as a wolf. Because I was like, yeah, I'll just shapeshift into a wolf because I can do that. And I just like shapeshifted and, and bolted off um, and then waited further on for the party to catch up. And so then they caught up. And then I was like, okay, cool. Yeah, I'm back to being a back to being a gnome. Um, I will just take out this. And the dungeon master was like, well, you don't have that. So what do you mean I don't have that? Like, well, you turned into a wolf. All your stuff is back where you turned into a wolf. It just fell onto the floor. Oh no! I was like, oh, okay. And it's like, and you were naked, by the way. And I was like, oh. <laughs> okay then. Um, you know, and, and then that's when we realized, like, okay, I have to get back there ASAP um, to go get my stuff. So I turned back into a wolf, went all the way there, and then combat started because the because the ogres were still there. Um, and I was like, okay, guys, catch up. And the, and the dungeon master was like, no, well, you sprinted there as a wolf. They've got, like, three rounds before they get there. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> so you're yeah, on that, your own. That was crazy. That's when I tried to leg it up the stairs and then and then slid back down through them by accident. Oh. So that was a that was a really strange but awesome like series of catastrophic mistakes on my behalf that just turned out somehow for the best. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but those are the those are the encounters you like remember and talk about. Yes. You don't really yeah. remember the ones where like you successfully ambush the orcs and destroy them in a round and then move on with your life. No, exactly. Yeah, it's it's so much fun when you when when all the stuff goes wrong and everyone's basically doing stuff on a whim just to try and make something happen. Um, yeah, it gets really awesome. Which is why I only tend to bring out terrain at the very end of my games. Um, some people think that I have these big like elaborate table setups. I I don't. We play with pencil and paper, and um, all the maps are just drawn straight on, and minis are just done on paper. Um, and then for the last encounter of the day. 
um, that's when a big piece of terrain will come on. Um, and all the and that and so then that terrain is made just for that one specific encounter. Hence mm -hmm. my Instagram name, Encounter Terrain. I make terrains for a specific encounter. Um, <laughs> And, and that's it. So then they play on that for like the last hour, two hours of the game or whatever, however long it takes for them to do what needs to happen on there. So then all the other choice and crazy made up whatever that they want to do and get into trouble and stuff, that all happens beforehand and it still can. Um, mind you, it still can on, on, the, on the board as well. I can still fail everything on the board and it turns into just a fun mess. But yeah, uh, yeah it, it's great. Love it. <laughs> it's awesome. It's awesome. <laughs> You got uh, anything else you want to touch on or anything you're working on or looking forward to? Um, yeah, well, there, there's one really cool thing that is going to be out in the next month, a month and a half, uh, definitely before the hype for all the Christmas present rush. Um, and it's been in the works now for about two months. Um, there is over, uh, I think there's just on or just under 50 people participating. And um, it is a male sexy nerd calendar. Um, and specifically to raise money for um, there's a charity. Oh, the, they're going to kill me. The, the name slipped me at the moment. Um, oh, it's like a, it's a five letter acronym, um, but it basically goes to all women that have been abused in any way, shape or form and to the prevention of it. Um, <clears throat> this spawned out of international women's day uh, this year on Instagram was an appalling event um it was a whole bunch of women showing their faces and miniatures and a whole bunch of these gatekeeping assholes coming out of the closet um telling them that they shouldn't be doing that that they don't want to see their faces on here they only have followers because they have boobs uh you know all of this nonsense stuff you know saying hey wh what are you doing this is a hobby page it should only be miniatures you know get your faces and stuff out of there <clears throat> um yeah and it was just a big hot mess and um so i figured if they don't want to see women's faces, like this is not even them, like, you know, doing like sexy photo shoots where, where it's like, you know, Hey, look, there's a miniature here as well. This is just like a, here is something I'm painting. You can see my hand and my face and maybe my t-shirt. Um, and, and, you know, so I'm like, if they don't want to see that, then I'm going to put together a group of men that are all going to pose with their hobby stuff in the most androgynous way possible. <laughs> um so that that's what we did i put the word out there and we we got a lot of interest and then the, i've been sent a lot of new dudes um so i'm busy <laughs> oh, just compiling all the photos and making them all that was always a possibility no matter what you asked for yes <laughs> that was always gonna happen <laughs> really close. Yeah, it's good. fantastic you know like i um i i asked the photo studio around the corner to um to sponsor me their space and they did uh, so I went there to go over, have a, like a semi-professional shoot with a uh, with a Warhammer painter and, and podcast host uh, named Quipster, because um, he lives, he lives not too far away, and I did a photo shoot for him, and he did a photo shoot for me, and uh, it, it's fantastic. And like I got stark naked, and I'm basically just standing up behind my terrain. Um, there's there's no like you can't see any nudity in it. Um, it is uh, my only stipulation was it must be tasteful. Um, yeah, <laughs> it cannot look like you're having sex with miniatures. Like that—that that was the only stipulation. Yeah. Um, you know, so it's great. Like I'm standing there in my work boots. Yeah, like I'm in just my work boots and and hat, um, standing behind a big vertical piece of terrain. Um, you know, I've been sent pic like pictures of guys lying in bathtubs covered in dice, or standing there naked just with a Warhammer rule book in front of their willies. 
um, you know, oh, all shapes and forms, you know, lying out like like a mermaid over their hobby desk, you know, with their um, extraction fan vent, you know, covering them. It, it's 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 fantastic. Uh, it's, it's hilarious, and we're going to get it out before Christmas. And just because there's so many people, there's going to be a calendar, which is all going to be collages, and then there's going to be like a little book as well that comes along with it where everyone gets one page for themselves and they get a little message as to why they believe women deserve to be in the hobby and are expected to be in the hobby because it's just ridiculous otherwise um and this is our way of not telling the gatekeepers to go away but there is a lot of this here and we're going to put it here and you can step out if you wish um we're just going to leave the the choice to exit up to them instead of telling them to bugger off um and we're going to do this every year Oh, that's awesome. That's a great idea. So that's cool. Awesome. Yeah. It's awesome. It's awesome that you got so many responses so quickly too. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It, it was it was insane. The uh, the post was seen by 64,000 people in the first two days. It was unbelievable. Oh. Um there was about 150 or 200 people that that sent in requests to be a part of it and then we ended up receiving just under 50 submissions, which is pretty damn good. Oh yeah. Um you know, there's a lot of people where like the hype is is a lot and uh and I got a lot of messages from people saying, look, I'm, I'm a bit uncomfortable doing this. Uh, like I really want to take part, but I'm a bit uncomfortable. And uh, to that, I always responded. It's like, well, imagine being one of the women online. They are uncomfortable being there fully dressed, just doing their regular day-to-day -day thing. And they're getting abused for that. It's like, it's time to step out of your comfort zone because that's what this is about. It's not about being comfortable. Um, and we want to raise about five grand um, for these for this charity and just give it to them. Um, hundred percent of all proceeds after like obviously calendar printing and book printing costs and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. Um, they're obviously going to be marked up in price. Um, but hundred percent of the proceeds is going to go towards them. I'm going to make zero out of this. Um, as is anyone else. No one's going to make anything out of this except for the charity. And, uh, yeah, that that's, that's happening at the moment. Yeah. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah, that's, so amazing. Uh, super cool that you're doing that and that everyone was so on board with it like sixty-four thousand people in two days that's yeah it was unbelievable the post was shared around like hundreds of times it was it was uh it was really overwhelming um it, i had a lot of people unfollow me that day which was uh which was really eye-opening i had about 110 people unfollow me just that day oh wow um, i had about 300 follow me that day as well which was a really you know like there was a big swing on it but it was um it was it was a great eye opener for me because you know, like obviously, as a man on the on the topic, I I, I don't see this on a day to day basis. Um, you know, I am the unfortunate uh, like, what do you call it? like hierarchy of the internet as far as like unfortunate patriarchy is concerned because I am a man, and unfortunately, I am a bearded man. Um, so um, yeah, me too. Like we, yeah, like, like we, yeah. So so we don't see this. Um, you know, so unless we get told about it or unless it's brought to light, like, you know, we don't see this. And the thing is, there is there was enough people saying, yeah, we got to do something. This isn't right. Oh, yeah, I told that guy. And and then what? Like the day after then what? Um, like the day after International Women's Day, that stuff still went on. But these women doing stuff weren't being brought to spotlight at all for whatever reasons. Um so I was like, okay, let's not talk about doing something. Let's actually do something. And so this is happening. Um, and yeah, I, I can't wait for it to come out. It's going to be, uh, it's going to be excellent and hilarious and excellent. Yes. Yeah. Oh, I can't wait for it. 
yeah, definitely drop us a link when it's available. Yes. <laughs> we got to pick up two. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we want to be able to, because like I, I did get one strange message for a woman that was like, this is really stupid. Why isn't, why isn't this a calendar for women? Like with women in it doing like sexy stuff with their stuff. And I was like, well, that's the whole purpose of it. Like that's what these guys are going after. If, I, if we do that, it's just going to like amplify by 10,000 times. And you can't buy it humorously. Um, you know, like we want to raise money for this thing. Um, you know, n no one's like, no one in their right mind is going to let their husband go out and buy like a sexy half naked thing to like go for. There's probably plenty that would. Husbands and boyfriends and, and whatever, like sons, you know, like hang all is like, oh, let's try to be as sexy as possible. Um, <clears throat> well, the sales just won't be as high because like you're going to be trying to buy that stuff off men and men are just going to go look at porn anyway, um, which is free. So <laughs> instead of doing that, it's like just true <laughs> it's like, yeah let, let's just get um let, let's just get it happening with men in it and then men are gonna buy it women are gonna buy it they're gonna buy it as presents they're gonna buy it for jokes it's funny like it's literally funny like my photos are hilarious um they're very good but they're hilarious um you know and that's the whole purpose of this you know just to just to raise money through humans to bring awareness to this and actually raise money for a charity that is physically doing stuff instead of just saying yeah we have to do stuff Right. Yeah. Instead of like downvoting somebody's post on Twitter. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Not the most effective thing. Yeah. Like yeah. Like unless you're Elon Musk, Twitter doesn't really have too much of a a, a pull for anyone. Yeah. But uh, yeah, that's so that's happening. And and otherwise, um, otherwise the ten by ten competition basically goes on every month. And uh, and I sort of craft here and there when I get inspiration. Um, you don't need to do it every day. It, I, I do it whenever the inspiration comes. Sometimes I won't do it for months. And uh, I'm, I'm in a good kick with it at the moment. I'm, I'm doing it most days at the moment. Um, but uh, Yeah. I think with everything, it kind of comes in waves, right? You, you get like an idea and then you can work on it almost 24 hours straight. Exactly. Yeah. The thing that I always tell people is, is um, if you haven't gotten sick of it, you're not doing it enough. <laughs> You know, like when was the last time you got sick of something you don't do often? <laughs> right. Yeah, that's the thing. That's true. The other thing is finding time. But with COVID, everyone had time. But now yeah. it's uh, yeah. It is good to have like these things to kind of like. I'm very goal oriented. If there's no deadline for me, nothing gets done. I I need a deadline. So yeah. like <laughs> the the monthly competition is like a great idea. Or else yeah, I just have like a bunch it, of like projects that are kind of started but not finished. Yeah. Yeah. It, it it really it really encourages people to to build stuff and finish it, which is which is the best thing. Because um, like I, I I very rarely finish things at all. I've got a hundred builds literally around me that are unfinished. Um, because obviously the best time to start something new is when you're about halfway to three quarters way through the current one. Yeah. Um, you know, and so there's just so many unfinished ones everywhere and um every now and then i will join an online competition on instagram um instagram is my platform of choice i've got videos on youtube but not many and i very 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 infrequently put them up there um instagram is my 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 social media of choice and i will enter into some terrain competitions on instagram every now and then uh, I don't win them, but uh, it's just purely based on the fact that there is a deadline and it gets me doing stuff by a certain time, you know, because it, it just holds me accountable to someone that isn't myself because uh, I'm very forgiving to myself. Yeah, <laughs> I think, uh, yeah, that's a common problem. <laughs> yeah. Thank you so much for joining us today. If you enjoyed this podcast, please rate us on Apple Podcasts, follow us on Twitter or Instagram, 
And if you really like us, we have a Patreon. <laughs> and all the links for this are on smoreadventures.ca. And we'll post links and pictures for everything we kind of mentioned during this podcast. Um, the, the charity one, your competition. And, uh, and I think all those links are on your website too. Yeah, everything basically is on encounterterrain.com. Happy roasting. Do, 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 do.